you're back. Back in Vermont. You're back in Vermont. It's nice. You, do you remember the podcast that we did last year at this time? COVID. With more. With more. That's yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. That's why, why I was here. <laughs> I know. Escape. Right. The reality right. of living in New Orleans. That was horrible, which yeah. we're right back there again. <laughs> there was also a heat wave last year when I was here, and there was again, too. So. This is like a weird pattern. You you come from New Orleans, you bring the heat, mm-hmm. and there's a spike in COVID. So mm-hmm. what's this about? I don't it's know. all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you are the super spreader. <laughs> I need to leave QAnon, you know? Man. Yeah. Dude. Well, we have plenty to talk about. There's a lot going on, so that's there's, good. There's a lot to talk about. Um, should we get to it? I think so. All right, let's do it. This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Amit Prakash. This week, uh, we're we're live and in person. Can you believe it? Um, Tony's visiting, and we're going to talk over some of the big news of this week. And one of them is the leaving, the resignation of Andrew Cuomo. Let's... Okay, so I want to start with this clip um, from his resignation speech, which is like 22 minutes long. Uh, but there's some golden nuggets in here. So let's just let's just start with this clip, and then we can get your, your reaction to this. Let's go. Government really needs to function today. Government needs to perform. It is a matter of life and death government operations and wasting energy on distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing and i cannot be the cause of that new york tough means new york loving and i love new york and i love you and everything i have ever done has been motivated by that love. And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. Because I work for you. And doing the right thing is doing the right thing for you because as we say it's not about me it's about we kathy hochel my lieutenant governor is smart and competent this transition must be seamless we have a lot going on i'm very worried about the delta variant and so should you be but she can come up to speed quickly and my resignation will be effective in 14 days Goodbye, Cuomo. What am I going to do with all my Cuomo sexual? I'm, I'm a Cuomo sexual T-shirts. I, I'll change them to "I'm against Cuomo sexual harassment" T-shirts. How about yes. that? Yes, yes. I mean, it's a good day for everyone, even those stupid New Yorkers that kept voting for him. He was about to beat his dad as getting reelected four times as governor until mm-hmm. this happened. 
just just as a little this is such like it's so rapid and it's all in recent memory but just remember that this guy was being celebrated last year as you know this great statesman right who mm-hmm. is shepherding New York City and the state you know one of the the great one of the great leaders to rise above um, you know the 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 trumpism and so on um, just recall that he was lying through his teeth during that entire uh, episode when he literal literal episodes when he got on TV every day um, and won an Emmy for it um, uh, about the actual deaths being logged in New York um, and that was found out by uh, Letitia James the Attorney General and her report and now this new report with 11 women um, so he I mean he's got a, a list of what are potential crimes right like literally if this was another case, like if he wasn't a powerful person, that would be criminally negligent homicide, right? Like that, there's thousands of people dying and needlessly. Um, and then the sexual, add to that the sexual harassment. What do you think? Um, well, first of all, I want to get your reaction to his his little clip there about his love for everything. Yeah, I mean, it's a complete deflection from the accusations. It's... His, res- his resignation is, look, it's going to be a big battle, and I care so much for New York that I'm not going to put the resources to it. Because I care so much about people surviving this COVID and Delta variant. and It's a guy who has been a bully his whole entire career, who, you know, these, these, he, he's kind of the embodiment of New York hypocrisy, which is like, New York, New York, we're so smart, we're so liberal, we're so open, you know, we're so open to everybody, yet we don't, we very rarely vote that way. And our liberal elites, they like the Clintonian Democrats. He's, he, he's a guy that had too much power that still isn't even aware of what he did wrong. Yeah. Very Bill Clinton. I mean, Bill Clinton still speaks at major DNC things. This guy, like, is a rapist and most likely a pedophile, which will, I'm sure, come out one day. Or maybe not, because Epstein's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's her name's going to talk, probably? Right. Right. Maxine. Yeah. Yeah. Keep Um, saying, yeah, right. But um, that's, it's the the problem with the Democratic Party, that we want to point the finger at Trump and we want to point the finger at all these people. And uh, we have some major problems with our, with our uh, generals in, right. our, in, our, in our party. But, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway here is, not the biggest, but one of the big takeaways is that Trump was so bad that Cuomo actually was great during the beginning of the pandemic because he at least talked about it. He at least, like, he was great at it, even though now we know he was lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But he, we, the whole everybody needed that, and that's how easy it could have been for Trump to like win. Yeah, he would have, he would have danced into the second term so, if he would have just pulled up Cuomo and, and done what he's good at, which is like television. Just get on TV and be like, it sucks, guys. We're gonna shut down. We have to. The bar was so low that all Cuomo had to say was, "This is real." Yeah, because no one's ever liked hearing right. Cuomo talk. He's not like known for being a great speech giver or talker. He just talked. He just was like, this is real, it's dangerous, and did it every day. And we we're like, okay. 
but yeah, I mean, I mean that that's a kind of a sign of the times, right? Is that that this guy won an Emmy for saying a pandemic was real, right? Like, 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 like that's 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 how low we've come. Um, True. I got to say that um, we uh, we had a table talk about this uh, a couple months ago um, when the the story broke on on the um, the nursing home scandal uh, in New York State, which you know he was behind. And, and so, if you're interested in that. Um, I just only bring this up because I titled that table talk our Trump, right? Because he's literally does, he, he does all the same stuff, right? He's born with a golden spoon, but he talks like he works on the docks or something, uh, in New York, but he's the son of a governor. Um, and you know, he's a bully, right? He's, he's an absolute bully. Uh, and much like Trump is a serial sexual harasser. Right. So, you know, this the the interesting thing about this and uh, this is, I think, what people are sort of there's they're going to do these political autopsies now is that how did this guy survive for so long? Right. Because a lot of the stuff that, of course, is coming out now is not old news. Right. It's been whispered about. It's been shouted about and people don't want to hear it. Um, and and yet. At this moment, it was enough to, to take this guy down. Um, and his brother, can we talk about his brother for a second? I mean, sure. Chris Cuomo, right? Um, this guy, we were talking about this earlier, is like this guy presents himself as a serious journalist, right? Because he's on, you know, a major network or a major cable network. Um, CNN, which maybe back in the day, you know, in the early 90s was a, a news network because they just like took a camera around the world and hit record and, you know, saw the wall fall and stuff like that. Um, but what is your take on Chris Cuomo? Um, I think what you said is correct. You know, we've gotten to this place where cable news dominates people's opinions and we consider that journalism. And it's not. I mean, it's propaganda. And he's a host. He's a television host. He's a good one. Anderson Cooper, a great television host. And I'm not. I'm not saying like they haven't had a little journalism in their background. But you know, somebody teaching journalism at Harvard doesn't look at Anderson Cooper and Chris Cuomo as journalists. That's, that's not what we're talking about. Um, but we hide behind that. It's like that's how we justify all the bullshit. When it's from MSNBC to CNN to Fox News, they're all kind of the same thing, right? It's propaganda. Um, which is why Cuomo on the, the the liberal propaganda machines was like being held up as this god during COVID mm -hmm. where it's like ignoring all of the horrible stuff he does. That's propaganda. That's literally propaganda. Um, but, you know, he's put in a weird position. Like he's not the boss at CNN. He, they loved him and his brother flirting with each other right. and being fun. Like they, that's, that sells. They loved it. It's not, it's not like Chris Cuomo is the, the say-all, be-all at CNN and makes the decisions. I'm sure he has some rank and, and can influence, but like that's not, that's not him. They love that. Um, and honestly, him being on the phone, like trying to help his brother out, I mean, I get it, you know? Short of like... There are obviously a couple things where, like, your sibling calls you and you call the police. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? We don't need to get into that, but I think if you're a normal person, you could just... There's, like, three things that you just call the cops. But there's some things that are just, like, 
it's really complicated. Like you don't want to see your you, you one you don't you want to want to believe your sibling. Yeah, I think, two, I think yeah, go ahead. that's it. Right. Because like it would be really kind of super bad faith yeah. for him to believe the women, but then still protect his like do everything he can to protect his brother. I think he right? believes so, his brother. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think he, you're right. I right. think he I, believes, you know, my brother's Or he's in touchy. a state of denial, whatever, you know. Well, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, my yeah. brother's, you know, he's, he's touchy. He didn't mean anything right. by it. That one right. woman who he, she said, grab my breast. She's told me she never liked him. You know, he's going to go through the things. Yeah. Eleven is, is ten too many. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I've always said, like, Joe Biden had the one woman. And I'm not saying she was lying very well could have happened but that's like a you got to investigate it you got to let the process get to where it's going that's fair once you're getting to two three four this is a pattern this is not 11 women getting in there in a group chat being like let's take down cuomo this is like you have a history of being inappropriate with women and like learning from joe biden learning from bill clinton Learning from like any old politician, like that that thing's not working anymore. The I always kiss and touch. You, you can't do the, the rules have now. The line has moved, right. and you have to move right. with it because that there's a there's a um, what do you call it? a statutory? What do you call it? a a statue of limitations yeah. on? I'm just old school. Well, we're not living in that world anymore. Right. Stop kissing, sniffing, touching. Nobody wants that. Right. Nobody wants you touching. I mean, I think the. The thing is that the line was already always there, and women knew it. Well, um, it, was, and, it was there, and, <laughs> and men knew it, and it was there to be transgressed because of the power dynamic, right? And now that women are asserting more power, they sure. can make that line more meaningful, right? You know, like like 100%. that's that, and and that is what shows you is like that's how disgusting this culture has been for so long. Is that everybody kind of knew this was terrible right every nobody was like oh this is just all fun and games and boys no it was like always terrible right but it was just like oh but there's no repercussions so i can do whatever i want and now thankfully there's repercussions yeah like i grew up in an italian household like we hug and kiss in my house i don't hug and kiss people outside of my family like right at work you don't hug and kiss people at work i mean like (laughs) come up behind them and sniff their hair touch my female colleagues on the back (laughs) above their butt like are you kidding me like, and I'm 41. It's not like I'm a kid. Like, you know, I could very well try to use that fake defense. But it's just like, of course, you don't, you don't put your hands on people. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's a. You're right. It's a lame ass built in defense because the power dynamic was such that we, including what I just said two seconds ago, we say the rules have changed. Well, the rules have been there. Yeah. It's just yeah. that one of the sides didn't have a voice. Right. And that's that's exactly what it is. So I retract my earlier statement. But that's like in my head, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, back then. But you're right. If you really dig dig deep into it, I don't believe any woman was ever liking Ronald Reagan, you know, the old pat on the ass or something. I think it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess it's I can't like, say well, anything. Can't do anything about it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, don't want to cause a scene. Dude, think about those women that were in the White House with Clinton. Because you know damn well he was patting asses. He was, mm-hmm. I mean, he was, you know, doing horrible stuff that we know of. Imagine the fear of the women in that White House that were Wait, there. with like a 19-year-old? Yeah. Horrible. I mean, just think about that. I mean, it's like... It's just disgusting. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just disgusting. But it's, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. 
Well, look, I think if you're a teacher in New York City in a public school, you should be throwing a party for this day. I mean, Andrew yep. Cuomo has been horrendous to, to education in New York. He, he was very, he was loving the, 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 the school from home thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a good guy. He's never been a good guy. He's been a great politician. And I just keep waiting for the day that the working class people, well, they have done it in New York. You're seeing the progressive like AOC and Jabari like that. That's a that's a real power. But mm-hmm. it needs to extend to governors. You know, they need a good candidate. Um, they need this group of young progressives to start taking over the Senate and, and the governor of, of New York. I mean, it's just if you're going to be New York elites and look down at the rest of the country, you got to walk it, too, man. You got to walk it. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the thing about um, New York City is that there's there's obviously this uh, moral kind of snobbery that yes. that comes with it, right? Um, and and yet they elect Cuomo and Eric Adams, right? You know, and so like it, it's it's completely disjointed and and quite frankly and this is a good transition to our our other topic is joe biden (laughs) like the 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 biden administration right now um but let's take a pause and we'll, we'll get to that okay So I've got many bones to pick with the Biden administration, um, right, right, right out of the gate. I've I've had a bunch, but I've held my tongue for the most part. Now you know we're we're into it, um, and there's been plenty of time to retool a number of the policies that were you know obviously objectionable um, by the Trump administration. He's done some. Uh, he's done some stuff on the environment, which is great. Um, he's done some positive things with regard to. Um, uh, the, you know, infrastructure, pushing that at least and being, you know, using the bully pulpit for the, for those sort of things. That's all very good. Great. I, I give applause for that. However, one of the things that the Democrats rightfully so, um, from the outset of the Trump administration argued against was the sort of institutionalized xenophobia, which took its form either in the travel, the Muslim ban, or the hardening of the southern border, right? And there was, you know, protests and, you know, uh, representatives, AOC went down there, uh, Rashid Tlaiba went down there, um, Kamala Harris went down to the border and decried it um, when it was under Trump. Um, I don't know if people have seen this, but just yesterday there was a report that came out in the Times, kind of buried in the Times, but in the Times nonetheless, um, that a number of humanitarian organizations have filed a case against Biden um, and the Biden administration on their treatment of um, unaccompanied uh, minors at the border, um, of which there are some 30,000 of them now um, that are being held basically in what is described as like prison-like uh, conditions. Um, there's, there's, there's a older court ruling that said that they can only stay for 21 days um, in these holding facilities and then they have to be sent to like people, like professionals, like you know, childcare professionals. Um, but they're regularly staying a month plus. Um, and the conditions are 
as this report is saying, worse than they were under the Trump administration. The filth. Um, they're making the kids clean their own stuff, but not giving them cleaning materials. Some of the kids have been interviewed saying that actually the border patrol guards are nicer to us than the people at the detention center. Um, and this is under the Biden administration. And, and quite frankly, I don't see the Democratic outcry. Right. I don't see people rushing down to the border and saying that this is a travesty and this is, you know, um, a moral blight upon uh, America's reputation. Um, one kid literally said, I feel like I'm just living in a cage. Right. Remember the whole kids in cages. How is this possible in America? Blah, blah, blah. Here we are with the Biden administration who has again, this is this is executive power. Right. He can he can change this stuff with a stroke of a pen because he controls these agencies. He's decided not to. Uh, and and if anything, it might be getting worse. So, um, for that argument, you know that that I think is a false argument that oh, there's no difference between um, the Democrats and the Republicans. No, there's a lot of differences, um, but the border isn't one of them. And I don't know. What what do you think? When Obama was the president, they were putting kids in cages. Right. They had the humanity to put them right. with their family members in cages. In cages. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and so I'm not trying to like knock on Obama here, but this has just been our policy at the border. So, uh, to think Joe Biden was going to come in and suddenly change it. This, this is what people need to get through their heads. Every time somebody's in office, the other side politicizes everything they do as well. And then they get in and they change what their agenda is. And if anybody, if you actually thought Joe Biden was going to come in and fix the border, you're, you're part of the problem. That's not, that's never been part of his policy. I mean, he's part of the Obama administration. He's been in politics his whole entire life. He, I, I don't look at him as a super progressive guy. Um, you know, plus they get the COVID thing. This is what, this is what he gets right now is COVID. Trump handed him a gift if he handles it properly, which is... The Trump administration handled this worse than a fifth grader would have. So, like, you had this built-in excuse that, like, our hands are full. We're dealing with China. We're dealing with climate change. We're dealing with this. And in, in most uh, liberals' minds, they, they have this subconscious, what's most, what's, wh where does my outrage get, get mm -hmm. to go? Unfortunately, the border, because we don't see it every day, and, and both sides do a really good job of hiding it, or like, you know, the right does a side where they're like, it's rapists and criminals coming in and we're like, oh, they're, they're idiots. And then the left pretends it's great. So like, there's no, back, back to our first conversation with journalism, there's not really, you know, with the exception of like a couple publications, nobody's covering it. So how would people know? Yeah, I, th I think that's a really good point about the fact that we don't see it, right? Like, I see more, is China getting ready to invade Taiwan? than anything about the border. I see that every day. Right, right. Taiwan or China gearing up for a war of, or warships coming to the South China Sea. Is this, is this is China going to make the move? China, China military warns German war. That's all I see. Right. Nothing about the border. Zero. The only things I see about the border are the Fox News updates because I have, I have to look at everything where it's like, 20,000 migrant murderers or Biden machines that opened the gates and it's which is also not true right like it's actually right. the opposite they're really yeah. doing what you guys want which is locking these people up and then rewarding their co-conspiracies on the Mexican side that are just murdering people 
that's what's happening. There's actually a great article in The Intercept today about um, ICE and the DEA awarding their counterpart in Mexico, like a sheriff or something. I don't know the exact title. But um, this is a guy who just massacres people. He kills them. And he got a big award from our our divisions over here. So maybe because apparently now everybody has a problem with the word abolish or defund. That really killed us. Oh, my God, what a bad right. slogan, defund. Right. Let's come up with a very safe word for idiots about yeah. getting rid of ice. Maybe go bye-bye. Yeah. Ice go bye-bye. <laughs> Take a take a breaky, you know, a little we'll get rid of the trigger words for you. Right. So it's like you know, because defund the police meant we love criminals and no right. more law. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't see this getting better, but the as actually they sh- if they want to take that weapon away from the GOP, which is really all these pol- politi- politicians care about. They should keep locking people up. Continue Trump's policy. Yeah. Take another weapon from them. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the interesting thing is that the liberal critique of the border is not the actual policy of the border. It's how you speak about the border. Right. You know, Go on. it's 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 a rhetorical critique. Is that look? You know, we need to protect our borders. We need to have you know border control. It needs to be legal and regulated and so on. Um, but we shouldn't, you know, use xenophobic language uh, to, to sort of talk about this policy, even though functionally the policy is exactly the same as under the Trump administration, which had a harder edge in terms of, you know, how he spoke about it because their spokesman was, you know, what's his name, Stephen, what's his name? Um, like, so uh, Stephen Miller, right? Yeah. You know, like when you have like that ghoul as your spokesman obviously it looks bad right but but on the other hand the policy has not changed right right so like there's been sort of these tinkering at the edges and they they said early on that look we need some time to roll back this they've now published that report about what they can roll back and what they want to roll back and they decided very little they're going to change actually very little but they're going to it's kind of like it reminds me of when George Bush was getting elected um in 2000 um, he talked about compassionate conservatism, right? There was like that 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 whole line um, coming from you know David Frum's great you know wordsmith with you know covering up what they're actually doing, uh, and this is the same sort of thing, right? Compassionate conservatism, you know, compassionate border control, but at the same time, it's still you know barbed wire <laughs> kids being locked up um, on on the scale of thousands in filth um, in and packed together uh, during COVID, right? So yeah. this is this is like, not only are you putting them in, you know, barbed wired facilities with effective jailers who are treating them terribly, they're filthy, they're sleeping like 10 to a room and COVID is breaking out over there, right? So, you know, and this is better. <laughs> like this, we're supposed to sort of take this as like, well, is what a, what a great change with Biden. Um, so this is this is one of the things that just like you know angers me to to no end um, is that, and and it's kind of like liberal politics in general is like it's very much about surface, right? It's very much about the the symbolism, the image of things, how things look, when the actual substantive material consequences, you know don't change right yep. um, 
And the border, I think, is just, you know, a really great lesson in that right now. Early on, we're still in the first year in this administration, and this is just early on. So you'll know a good candidate that has good policy when the the when when the descriptions of how to handle the border are less about migrants illegals and more about investing in Mexico because the problem is they're not they're not trying to come here because we have better weather better food they're coming here because they need jobs they're they're they're, they're there's a problem it's 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 they're coming for opportunity that's why people come here right and we all forget that because we're so far removed from our grandparents parents grandparents great grandparents where we're just spoiled american brats now but these people are coming here because they are in search for something better and we share a fucking continent with them and why someone hasn't come in and been like we need to work together to fix all of our problems let's try to you know we have no problem with apple making phones and nike making sneakers in asia right but right. We can't strike some sort of a trade deal. Obviously, it's above my pay grade, but like we can't figure that out where we bring some jobs to Mexico. And I know plenty of Americans that would love to go live in Mexico City or we're going there all the time anyway for vacation. Well, they did that. It was called NAFTA. And and what ended up happening is that it, it basically gutted the American working class and then destroyed the Mexican farming class and replaced it with factory jobs that are terribly paid. Uh, great for corporations, international corporations. I hesitate to call them American corporations because they're really just sort of these international entities that are like yeah. But NAFTA like still favored Luxembourg. like NAFTA still favored these companies going and just exploiting our tax laws, right? Exploiting our tax laws more cheap labor. I, I, look, I think the, ma taxes the major thing about it is that nobody bats an eyelid over stuff coming across borders, right? Like right. shoes, shirts, cars, whatever, it doesn't matter, stuff, right? That's that's all capitalism, you know, open borders and trade and blah, blah, blah. But God forbid that you allow laboring people the same freedom as stuff, right? Like that's, I think that's where you see the big difference is that people are way more regulated than like even like guns <laughs> coming across borders, you know, it's 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 insane, and it's really about um, disciplining the laboring classes of this earth. Yes, but you I know. still think just because NAFTA was a disaster does not mean you should give up on an economic policy that favors some sort of a trade deal with both with both countries. I think it's a mistake. Uh, like I said, above my pay grade, but to just shut the door because NAFTA. I mean, yeah, most no. of the stuff we try fails because it's 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 backed yeah. by billionaires that want to yeah. take advantage of the system. But it doesn't have to be like that. Like someone could come in and figure out a fair way to work with Mexico so that there are more jobs there and there are more jobs here. I don't know. It's just there's something there's something a little wrong where we get into one. You know, Trump gets into one argument with the Chinese government and like suddenly like we can't get pork right. <laughs> or like right. they can't get soybeans but yeah like, I don't know there, there's a there's people coming across the border because they have lack of resources um, what, what would be the harm in trying to put a little bit of our big brain pull in this country to figuring out how we can kind of work together I don't know yeah yeah it doesn't this seem is, unreasonable to me again this has supposedly been the argument of the Biden administration so far is that we we are not going to 
do topical cures on, you know, border issues. We are going to go at root causes, as they've said. And, but they don't want to go to root causes because when you go to root causes, you often find the hand of American power in Latin America overturning elections and propping up people sure. during the Cold War. And, and, and this is, these are the sort of some of the repercussions of that. Um, so really it's a kind of stalling tactic. Um, but anyway, um, you're right. I, I, I don't think people should give up. Right. That, 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 that shouldn't be the answer that if it's, and, and if anything, you can look for solace a little bit, at least, uh, at least for like a 50 year period, um, with the EU, because they tried and failed many times to sort of, you know, they created the, in like 48, 49, they created something called the European coal and steel community. It tried, it failed, but then it created a template for what came in Rome in 57, which was the European community, which was the EEC, the economic community, and then you get the EU by the late 90s, right? So like they, they built on their failures. Um, that might be um, a source of inspiration. Why not? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, um, yeah. That's you can either guy, be, man, believe that or not. Eighty-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's gonna change a little I mean, bit. that's the other thing is like, does he know where he is? That's the other question. I'll take anything over what we had. Yeah, I'll, I'll think, take I'll take Biden hitting walls than Trump, right? You know, in his chaos White House. I mean, I think yeah. we, you know, that, but that's also going to be part of our problem going forward. Is that we always like to settle and and. We're definitely in a better. The world is in a better place because Joe Biden was our president. That's that's. I True. wouldn't even listen to the argument. Um, but at the same time, if that's if we feel like we've succeeded because all we did was be a moron, then that's a problem. Yep. Like if that if that's if that's the bar we're setting, which is okay. Phew, <laughs> Trump's gone. We're back. Um, there's gonna be a problem. Yeah, which which brings us right back to Cuomo, right? He was great because he, unlike Trump, said COVID was real. <laughs> what yeah. a bar! What a bar yeah. to meet. <laughs> yep. Their stupidity actually hurts us as well because oh, yeah. it's just about yeah. beating them. Like everyone's like, we got to DeSantis, we got to beat Abbott. It's like, no, you need to change the, you need to change our party, right? There's a reason why those people were elected in the first place, right? And that's where most idiots don't start they start with outrage always starts with the right now the outrage oh my god DeSantis yeah well what do you think that just happened he just what appeared <laughs> a little angry DeSantis and he's actually not a dumb guy he's yeah. actually quite calculated this is all part of their plan and it's working beautifully but anyway Order some toilet paper. Go go ahead and do that again. Right, right. <laughs> Stock up on water and get crazy. Good beans. You actually you have, yeah. you have you have all the beans from last time that you didn't yeah. use. So well, I still have beans. beans. I still have dinty more. Um, pretty <laughs> pretty pretty all set. We yeah. should eat the dinty more. I would eat we that. should. We yeah. should. You know. All right. Well, I think we're taking the rest of August off. We are. Um, we are. We'll be back in we September. We all need though. that break. It's too hot. We have enough stress with your kids going back to school and mask yep. mandates and. Mm -hmm. You know what? You guys go survive for a little bit without us. But we'll see you back in September. 
No Politics at the Dinner Table is produced by Abba Pakash with some beats by our buddy G. Baderoy holding it down in Brooklyn. Um, check out our website. All of our past guests are on there. Recommendations for books. Um, our newsletter, you can sign up for. It's all right there. Uh, we do not push social media anymore. Come to our website that we pay good money for. That's right. Uh, and it's all we, free. It's all and free. And we make no money off of it. <laughs> we literally lose money to give you guys Weekly. Literally. So you could support us by at least liking our stuff. Anyway, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Stay safe.